This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We are discussing Teshuvah, and we said sins between man and man are not forgiven unless a person goes to the person, makes amends. If it's financial, you've got to pay the guy, and then you've got to ask for forgiveness. And then you can ask Hashem forgiveness as well. So there's three different stages. Number one is, if it's financial, you've got to pay damages, whatever it is. And number two, he's going to ask, sorry, you're going to say sorry to him, and, and he's got to accept it. So he said, if he doesn't accept it, you've got to go back with three friends. He doesn't accept it, you go back with another three friends. He doesn't go accept it, three more friends. If he doesn't accept it, you've done your job. You're not guilty anymore. It's his fault for being cruel. You're not allowed to be cruel. And that's the next halakha. A person's not allowed to be cruel. They have to forgive and forget, especially after three times, especially if they see he's earnest. If he's just joking around, obviously, obviously you don't have to forgive. He's got to be serious. I really, please forgive me, please. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Of course he's serious. Forgive him already. So that's being cruel. We learned from Abraham Avinu that he forgave Avimelech. That even Avimelech took his wife away. No jokes, okay? Avimelech, he forgives him. Not only does he forgive, he prays for him. And that's when Abraham became, uh, had a baby. Mm. After he prayed for his enemy, to have a baby, yeah, baby. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's an amazing story. You see the greatness of Ram Vino. He's ready to forgive and forget. And he has his child straight away. Sarah gets pregnant straight away. Mm. So that's the Ramon's language. The person is not allowed to be cruel and not forgive. You see a person begging you forgiveness. Don't be cruel. And then he says, now what happens is, what happens when a guy dies before you can ask him forgiveness? This is an interesting halakha, very, very esoteric, Kabbalistic kind of halakha. So what do you do? Maybe You bring ten men to his grave. It's amazing. You can connect to the dead. We're not allowed to talk to the dead. It's the only time we hear this concept of talking to the dead. It's very weird. It's very strange, right? Not allowed to speak to the dead. Communication with the dead is forbidden, Jerusalem. Seance is forbidden. But over here, it's the only time you're allowed to talk to the dead. When? When you go to the grave with a minyan. You say, I'm sorry to this person. Take ten men and say the following. Look what he says. In front of the grave, I have sinned against Hashem, the Lord of Israel, and against this person. By doing the following to him. So the truth is, you're not really talking to him. You're talking, I sinned against the God of Israel and to this person. Well, why are you going to his grave? There is a connection over here between the body over here. The closer you can get to the guy's soul is through his body. Which is very interesting. It was the, the Kabbalah talk about Chavla de Garmi. It's a little bit of the soul, the lowest level of soul, the nefesh of the nefesh of the nefesh, whatever left over in the body. The malchut of the nefesh. So that's what Tchiyat A little bit of a soul left in the blues bone. The Chavla de Garmi says there's a way of connecting to the, to the person through his Chavla de Garmi. If you, Arizal, would go to the Sadiqim and lie in their grave and talk to them. Mm. So why, why to their grave? You can talk to them, I'm sure you can talk to them without going to the grave. And the answer is yeah. Because you're connected through the bone. So I don't recommend it to anyone else. Arizal was Arizal. No one else should do these things, you know. We don't know what we're doing. Is there a difference between inquiring and talking? Pardon? Is there a difference between inquiring and talking? Or is it the same thing? Torah says not to inquire. Is that the same as talking? It means you don't want to hear the, you're not allowed to hear the future. That's something to shut. No. You're, hear, you're not allowed to hear the future. You're not allowed to inquire for the sake of the future, like Shaul uh, Amelech did. Went to the witch and he conjured up Shmuel and Nebi and he asked him about the future. And he messed up because of that. 
And the Rabban says he didn't really, you can't really talk to the dead, it's all over. Witchcraft doesn't really work, and it's all bunk. However, Rabban says it did work. Proof. Sorry, Albert. Come close, I can't see you. Between if you go to a gravesite, you're not going for a seance. Exactly. So in other words, this is the only this is the only situation was brought down in Halakha, that you go to the cemetery, and you go to the grave, and you, you ask forgiveness over there. It's the only time. The actual burial? Yeah, of course. That's what we do. The Hebrew Kaddisha says, sorry, I usually do on their behalf. Before we bury someone, we say, on behalf of the Hebrew Kaddisha, I'd like to apologize. We didn't do anything according to your wishes. Because mm-hmm. maybe you didn't want them to hold him, touch him here, and do the, It's very, very, you know. Can you imagine? They're bathing the body. They put the body in a mikveh if they have a mikveh. Otherwise, they pour nine uh, tushak kabin of water on the guy. So maybe, you know, they did something which they didn't like. It's not a joke. Imagine. It's very dangerous to be in you If you do something they don't like, and you know, it's a halakha, so you're following halakha. So hopefully, because you're following halakha, you're okay. But if you didn't do it nicely, so you think they, they don't know what's going on. Oh, well, the soul is right there, hovering right above, seeing, watching everything. Hmm. So, so therefore, we have to ask Mechila. Before the burial, we asked Mechila, we didn't do anything according to your wishes. Uh, we're sorry. That, that could be done for then several people. It doesn't have to be done for one individual that's looking. In other words... What do you mean? In, in other words, you're at, you're at a burial and three people there feel that they wronged this person. Yeah. So three people should ask. One after the other. But they don't normally do it in a burial because it's too... Yeah. You do, you get ten men together, get your friends together, and say, I need to say Kaddish for this guy. And then, I mean, you know, say, mm-hmm. just say this formula. You say, I'm saying, he said, I sinned against Hashem, the Lord of Israel, against this person by doing so and so. We have to be explicit, but I, know if, I don't know if everyone has to hear it. I mean, you need a minion over there to transmit. It's a wild, this is a wild, a wild halakha, this concept of going to the guy's grave. Right? And if he owed the person money, how do you pay the guy? He's dead. You give it to his heirs. So, you know, his son's alive, he's inheriting. Who's inheriting? Give it to the inheritance. <coughs> so I owe him $1,000. I didn't have it to pay. I didn't manage to pay him while he's alive. <laughs> pay his estate. This way, it's like you paid him. You give it to his inheritors. Hopefully, he wanted it too because he gives the money, so therefore, he get, they get it. If you place the sum, you shouldn't put, put the money in the grave. <laughs> That's a joke, right? The joke is that a guy goes, to, three guys go to the cemetery, and his last will, he's a very wealthy man, he says, last will is, yes, I'm giving you each one $10,000 each, throw 1000 in the grave. So one guy throws 1000 the other guy throws 1000 the other guy comes along, writes a check, takes the 2000 out. <laughs> check for 3000 that's a, that's, a, that's a really anti-Semitic joke. The Jew, the Jew writes the check and takes <laughs> But we see that what? You don't give it to the grave. What do you do? You give it to the inheritors. If he doesn't know who the inheritors are, you should put the money in the hands of the court, the big team. Say, I owe this guy money. He's not here. I don't know who the inheritors are. You deal with it. Okay, so then maybe they'll give it to Staka, whatever they feel is appropriate. Okay, now we come to who is a tzaddik and who is a rasha? Who is good and who is bad? That's why it's a, you're going to see from here that it's impossible to judge anyone. Only God knows the value of a mitzvah. Only God knows the value of a sin. No one else knows. We can tell by what the Torah says. We have an idea. The Torah says a very bad punishment. Obviously, it's very bad. The Torah says it's a very big, big reward. Obviously, it's very good. 
There's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of gray that we don't know. And therefore the Rambam gives us a way to measure, but obviously it's not for us to measure, only God can measure. Because we don't know the quality and the quantity. Quantity, maybe we'll figure out. I did this and I did this and I did this. Some things we don't even remember. We don't, some things we don't even realize what we're doing is a sin. A person's got to be so conscious of what we're doing. A person's absent-minded, you know. He did this. Oh, I ate, uh, I, I just forgot, I, you know, I ate meat. Uh, I eating drink milk now. Or some stupid things. That person is not aware. We have to be aware. Jews got to be aware. 24-7, you've got to be aware. When you're sleeping, you've got to be aware. Who's next to me? You've got to find out. Especially in those days, they would share rooms with 50 people. I don't know. It's crazy. So a person's got to be aware 24-7. What am I doing? What am I, how am I sleeping? Am I sleeping on my back? I'm not allowed to sleep on my back, my front. Imagine, in the middle of your sleep, you're thinking, what am I? Turn left, oh, turn right. Where should I go? It's, it's 24-7. A person's got to be aware. That's one of the things Judaism teaches us to be aware. Aware of what you're doing. What are you? There's no Alzheimer's in Judaism. You've got to be aware. Use your brain 24-7. You've got to be aware of what you're after. So every person has merits and demerits. We all, we're human beings. There's no such thing as a person who's perfect. The only person who's perfect is Hashem. We pray for the perfection. Praise Hashem. Make me perfect. I want to be perfect. Because that is the goal. What is the goal? The goal is to be perfect. Our goal is to be perfect. It's impossible to be perfect. We've got to be as perfect as possible. So say if you aim high, you'll get to 90%. That's How much can a human being get? Moshe Rabbeinu was the highest. He got to the highest level the human being can reach. And he's called Ebed Hashem. And that's the truth. We have to make ourselves Ebed Hashem. The goal is to be God's servant. What does that mean? I don't think for myself. God says, do this. But do it. Don't ask questions. God says, not do it. Okay, we'll do it. Don't ask questions. That is the idea. GPS. God positioning device. What is it? GPS. God's positioning service. So we go by God. God says, do this, I do it. God says, not do it. But it's going to be like a guided missile. What does that mean? Hashem directs us and we go. Hashem says, get off a slichot. I get off a slichot. Hashem says, learn Torah, I learn Torah. But Hashem says, don't waste the time. I wait. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> Got me right there. <laughs> so it's got to be something purposeful, otherwise it's a waste of time. A right, person needs to work on that. So every person has merits and demerits. So this is the Rambam's definition of a tzaddik. A person with more merits than demerits is a tzaddik. More good than bad? Tzaddik. A person more bad than good is Rasha. A person who has... What's the chance of having half-half? <coughs> is a Benoni. 50-50. 50-50. How do you get 50-50? It's like... One little thing can push you. This is like one little thing. When do you ever be 50-50? The Rambam says, imagine yourself always as 50-50. Motivate yourself to do more good than bad. Why? Because <coughs> you're always 50-50. Even the biggest sadish, we always look 50-50. If I do this, I'll ruin myself and ruin the whole world, not just myself. Imagine the whole world is 50-50. Oh, I know the world is like now. It's, it's, uh, it's on the edge right now. The world. How much good is there? How much bad is there? I don't know. Only God knows. We don't know. We don't know. So a person with more merits than demerits is a sadiq. That's the definition of a sadiq according to Rambam. Misirat Nisharim has a different definition. His definition, much harder to attain, at Sadiq, according to Misirat Nisharim, from Moshe Chaim Luzato, Ramchal, Path of the Just, at Sadiq is someone who keeps the whole Shulchan Aruch. <laughs> so at Sadiq is not just more good than bad, it's a person who keeps the whole Shulchan Aruch. It's wild. You know how to keep the whole Shulchan Aruch? It's the whole Shulchan Aruch. A to Z. That's a Sadiq. That's from Moshe Chaim Luzato, it's very hard to attain. Quinta Rama is much easier. More good than bad. Hopefully, you know, hopefully we don't have more good than bad. Troubles we don't know. 
You don't know what we have. So always do Teshuvah, and always try and do good. This way, we can be sure. So it's very easy to do Teshuvah between man and God. Between man and man, it's harder. So you insult people, it's very hard. It's much the hardest thing is for a rabbi, I think, because there's much more interactions and people get hurt. People, there's a, it's much harder. Because if you keep your mouth shut, you won't get in trouble. But if you don't keep your mouth shut, the rabbi's got to talk, so... <laughs> people don't like what he talks about sometimes. Yeah. You can't talk about this. What do you mean I can't talk about this? It's true, I've got to talk about it. But no, don't talk about this topic. Well, too bad. So if you get upset, what can you do? So... Person, that's that's a that's a hard part of being a public figure. You can't please everyone. That's a hard part. So anyway, so a person has more good deeds than bad deeds. It's called a righteous person. That's the Rambam's definition. A person whose demerits are, are more than the merits are considered rasha. If they're equal, benoni. There's a whole book of Tanya has written about this. This whole topic about who's a tzaddik, rasha, benoni, several Tanya, based on one Gemara between Rav and Abaye. Abaye says, "I'm a benoni." So Rav says. If you're a Benoni, what are we? <laughs> if you consider yourself in the mid- middle, where are we? We're, we're finished. There's a whole book written about it. So Tanya was written about that. So Benoni, we can see, is a very high level. Yeah, he considers a Benoni. But the truth is, what he's really saying is, we should all view ourselves as Benoni. That's what Rambam saying. doesn't matter how great you are. In your own mind, you should be a Benoni. That's, what, that's the, the pshat. In your own mind... You are a Benoni. You are in the middle somewhere. And this way we'll motivate ourselves. If I'm a Tzaddik, I'll sit rest on my laurels. I'll sit back, I'm a Tzaddik, I love, Hashem loves me. Who knows? Hashem loves everyone. Who knows what you are? So this way it's a motivational. And the same thing applies to a whole country. If the country is more righteous than evil, Tzaddik. If, if the country is more evil than, than inhabitants, or more evil than not, it's a wicked country. You don't live in that kind of country. And the same applies to the whole world. Now look at this. Look what he says. This is very harsh. If a person's sins exceed their merits, they will immediately die in their wickedness. What does that mean? Immediately die in their wickedness. Obviously we see that there's Erech HaPai, Mashem acts. He doesn't act so fast. It's a slow process. That was a whole big story about Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was very direct. The Egyptian is a murderer, kill him, straight away, boom. Paro is hurting the Jews, but he the ta- hit the taskmaster. Stop it. Do something. So he, uh, he sees the shepherds hurting the, uh, the uh, children, the daughters of Yitro, gets involved. Direct, very direct. Hashem says, take your stick and throw it on the floor. What did it turn to? So he's, he's looking, Hashem, why didn't you do something? These people are suffering for how many years? A hundred and... How many years were they suffering in Egypt? There were 210 years in Egypt. But they were suffering, say, out of the 210, they were suffering 170 years till all the, all the sons died. All the tribes died. That's where the <coughs> suffering started. Hashem, where have you been for 170 years? Imagine, we're lucky the Holocaust was only five years. We're lucky. Very lucky. Imagine, the Holocaust in Egypt was much longer. It was a terrible disaster. Imagine living in that three, four generations. Murder. Children being thrown in the river, slaves being working till they dropped, all their limbs breaking and torture. This I can't imagine what it's like to live in those days. Imagine, terrible. And they still didn't want to come out of there. Huh? Eighty percent still didn't want to come yeah. out. Yeah. But the eighty percent, they probably assimilated. They became more Egyptian than the Egyptians. 
wherever we went, everywhere in the world, there's always Jews stay behind. Assimilated culture. Go to Spain, and I get when I go to Spain, it's like every other person I see is probably a Jew. The Jewish blood, so much Jewish blood in Spain. Twenty percent of the country was Jewish. I mean, there's so much Jewish blood there. Portugal, Jewish blood. You go to South America, you see all these guys. There. My grandmother used to light candles in the in the in the basement, and, and we wouldn't we wouldn't eat pork. And this one says uh, we wouldn't marry everyone. We'd marry certain families. There's so many people in South America. Hmm. So the question is, what about what the rabbi says? A person dies straight away. What does that mean? He dies straight away. So the rabbi asks, argues with us. Look, the rabbi said, look, there's many wicked people alive. The rabbi says, the rabbi was Arab, Abraham ben David. He wrote a comment, side commentary to the Rambam. He always argues with the Rambam. What are you talking about? There's many wicked people you see alive. However, what does it mean he's going to die? It means he's going to lose some years of his life, or some days of his life, some hours of his life. That's karet the yomi. There's karet the yomi, there's karet uh, which is, applies to days. He loses the days of his life. There's karet the shani. And there's current of years. There's a certain light of years. So the guy was meant to live 85 and he died at 80. Why? Because of his sins. I should cut him off. That's what Rabbi says. It's not immediate. It's immediate sentencing to be carried out later. But a person could do Teshuvah and get them back. Okay? Can we say that it's also life is like a living death for wicked people? Yeah, that's what the Gemara says. Sadikim, Bamitatan, Ikrim Chaim. At Sadik who's dead, it's considered life in God's world. And a Rasha who's alive is considered dead. What do you mean he's considered dead? His soul is dead. He's insensitive to the spiritual side of life. If I have many people come to Shul, they don't feel a thing. I don't feel like it. I'd rather be in a, a football game. <laughs> I'd rather be watching the Knicks. Right? Why is that? And the soul is dead. The soul is not connected. So that's the connection. That's also kind of death. That's the kind of spiritual death. But that's not what the Rambam is saying over here. Mm. So Robert says, you know what, the Rambam... It's not immediate. He's losing life, but it's not immediate. It will happen. That's what it means. So there's a number of defenses of the Rambam. The Ketzer Mishnah, which is Rabbi Yosef Karo, he said, all this is done according to God's wisdom. Even though the guy seems to be wicked, he seems to be wicked, but in God's eyes, he may have one merit, which is saving him to be alive. Mm. And that's usually the case. There's no such thing as a person who's 100% wicked. Every, even the most wicked guy has one mitzvah. And maybe he loves his dog and looks after his dogs. Who knows what it is? We don't know what it is. <laughs> so if he's still alive, it's not because he's a complete rasha. He has some merits, which he needs some more life. Maybe he, looked at, maybe he honored his parents. Who knows what the guy is. And that's what Reish Lakish does. You know, Rosh Hashanah, what do we eat? We eat, we eat pomegranates. Why pomegranates? Because Reish Lakish says, even the worst Jew is full of mitzvot like a pomegranate. There's no such thing as a bad Jew. Because there's so many mitzvot, it's impossible not to do one at least. <laughs> there's, there's 365 negatives, so just, I didn't rob the bank today. Anyone rob the bank today? I didn't rob the bank today. I didn't commit adultery today. Baruch Hashem, you know, it's one mitzvah I got in my pocket. Yeah. So all these are mitzvot that a person does by not doing anything. So 365 mitzvot you do just by not doing it. Isn't that great? It's fantastic. Just sitting down. What we're doing over here is no, we're not only not doing mitzvot. We're not doing averot. We're doing mitzvot. We're doing Torah. So how much is that? That's worth a lot. It's practically impossible today not to hear Torah on the, on the radio, on the on the internet. You're going to bounce into it one day. You're not just going to hit something and just listen for two minutes. So you have two minutes of Torah. 
So we can't dis- discount anyone. Don't discount anyone. It's very these. It's very dangerous. The internet is very dangerous. I think the internet is very dangerous. Why? You have these rabbis who are talking through their hats. Mm-hmm. And they're great rabbis, but they're talking through their hats. Because they're not poskim. Yeah. you got to ask Rabbi Abad Yosef. You ask him. Ask great rabbis who have hokmat hayim. They have hokmat. It's not just what's written in the book. Shukran says, you break Shabbat. That was in those days. It's about the Gemara. It's talking about the time of the Gemara where they knew what Shabbat was for. Everyone knew. Every Jew knew you have to keep Shabbat. So if he's not keeping Shabbat, you know what he is? He's an atheist. Don't believe in God. He's a He's a, he's a pagan. Yeah, in those days. But today, you know what? Nothing. He's equivalent to a non Jew in those days. In those days, yeah. And in these days? That's right. Well, you missed it. Listen to the tape. So it's uh, very important to know. Today, you can count them in the minyan because you believe in Hashem. I said the bottom line is to believe in Hashem. Does he believe in Hashem? So why is he breaking Shabbat? He doesn't know the importance of Shabbat. He wasn't taught the importance of Shabbat. People don't have parents who taught them. People don't have schools. Maybe a guy who grew up religious and kept Shabbat, and now he's not keeping Shabbat. So why don't you keep Shabbat? It's not because I don't believe in God. You can ask him, why don't you keep Shabbat now? Well, no. He says, I'm just lazy. lazy. I like to keep Shabbat, but I'm lazy. I just, it's too much for me. But if he still believes in Hashem, he counts it a minyan. The bottom line is, do you believe in Hashem or not? Do you believe in the God of Israel? Let's, let's uh, narrow it down. Do you believe in the God of Israel? If you believe in the God of Israel, you count on the minyan, you get an aliyah, you get everything. Even though he did the worst things. But uh, if, he, if he's the Obed of Azar, that's he doesn't believe in the God of Israel. So in those days, you, don't break, you break Shabbat. That means you don't believe in God. If you don't believe in God, you're out. That's it. That's the way the line is drawn. But if you break Shabbat, you do believe in God today. Not because you, you break Shabbat, or because you like to break Shabbat. Because you don't know better. You're used to that. That's, the, that's how people grew up in America. Everyone, they got a conservative background, reformed background, and it's allowed for them. The rabbi says it's allowed. The rabbi drives on Shabbat. I had a, had a reform shul in Vancouver. It says, this parking spot is for the rabbi on, <laughs> on holidays and Shabbat. And then Rosh Hashanah, second day, but closed for the holidays. Come on, Rosh Hashanah, second day. There's no Rosh Hashanah, second day. So that's how people grew up. What do they know about Shabbat? And it's allowed. Of course it's allowed. Everyone drives on Shabbat. Everyone knows that. You're allowed to drive to Jews. Conservative movement, you're allowed to drive to Jews. Mitzvah. They say explicitly, you're allowed to. So if you grew up in that environment, how are you going to blame the guy? How to blame them? I'm lucky, thank God, I had a good upbringing. Thank God. You know. Thank God, we're lucky. We've been exposed. We decided to keep Shabbat. We're very lucky. First, let's worry about ourselves. That's my motto. Worry about yourself. I want to be a tzaddik. Give the role model. That's it. Be a role model. Be a role model to the world. That's our job. Or Lagoyim. And we have to be a role model to the world. We have to be, how much more so? We have to be a role model for our brothers and sisters. How much more so? We have to be a role model. So the main thing is Kiddush Hashem. You make Kiddush Hashem, and people say, wow, I want to be like him. If he can do it, I can do it. So that's our, That's the main thing. The main critical thing is Kiddush Hashem. You're not going to make Kiddush Hashem by throwing stones at people and uh, Shabbos, Shabbos. It's not going to help you. Uh, you know, I want to end off with this Rabbi, Rabbi Ovadi Yosef. This is brilliant. This is brilliant. Look at the brilliance. This is a great man, okay? He was, he was walking on the street with his son. And a car stopped on Shabbat and asked him, how do I get to this place? And his son was going mad. Shabbat, asking the chief rabbi how to drive on Shabbat. And his father says, tell him quickly, the shortest distance. You know why? So he breaks Shabbat less. If you don't tell him, he's going to drive here. In those days, no GPS. He's going to go here. He's going to go. He's going to break him more Shabbat. 
So tell him straight away how to get to that place. Brilliant. That's a great man. That's greatness. That should be our role model. Our role model is, you break Shabbat, let's minimize a little bit. So you don't go to the mall. He's going to drive to the mall. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.